0: Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Thursday, the 4th of August. And as usual, with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts ideas or insights in this briefing and if you're listening to this on a podcast you can head on over to the themarcustoday.com.au website at your leisure and if you're listening to this on a webinar or a video then you can pause the slideshow here and read the disclaimer in full as usual. All right well another strong night in the U.S. markets we saw the Dow up 416 points or 1.29% risk on, two days of losses, bouncing back in fine style. Do remember that yesterday, the Dow fall, some of that was due to the caterpillar, but we did see, that is, caterpillar results as opposed to the little insect. But we did see last night a big, big rally in technology stocks. Certainly, the death of technology has been greatly exaggerated, to paraphrase Mr. Twain. NASDAQ was up 2.59%. The S&P 500 in the middle for Diddle, as is its want, up 1.56%, 64 points to 41.55. But it was all about technology stocks last night. PayPal and a slew of other technology stocks beat expectations, market rallying, and we are seeing those uh, bond prices in the U.S. coming off as well. Uh, 10-year yield, 2.706. So we are seeing uh, money coming out of U.S. Treasuries going back into risk assets, especially in that tech sector. So it does appear that the results have held up far, far better than expected in the big tech sector. We even had Bitcoin up around 1% last night. As a result of all this, of course, we're not as exposed to the technology stocks as the U.S. is because that is a massive, massive factor in the US markets, whether it is the NASDAQ or even the S&P 500. But our SPY futures were up 32 points, are showing a pretty solid day in store, up 0.47%, 69.10. That VIX index fell two points or falling 8.27% to 22. That is quite a low level given that there are significant risks Still out there, fed heads still out and about, talking about the fight against inflation it 's like St. George slaying the dragon, but uh, certainly there are some risks out there, not least of which <coughs> is uh, excuse me, is the Nancy Pelosi visit to Taiwan, which did send a bit of a shudder through Asian markets yesterday, but in the end, it appears to have come to not much at the moment at least, so um, we did see that fixed index for two points in commodities though. A slightly different story. Uh, we saw U.S. stockpiles increase, and there are concerns about demand. Interestingly, in the U.S., petrol has now fallen, or gasoline, or gas, as they call it in America. It is now below four dollars a gallon in some places. Four nineteen is the national average for gas prices. That has come down from five bucks. So that is a long, long way down. That is a massive, massive hit to the inflation story. It will take time to work through, but certainly now we have seen U.S. driving season. It is now starting to wind down as we head towards September, but we have seen a big, big fall in gas prices in the U.S. Brent crude last night fell 3.74%, $3.76 to $96.78. WTI was down 4%. 3.76% 3.76% to 90.66. We do have an OPEC plus meeting waiting in the wings, so it'd be interesting to see what that pulls out of its hat. Gold price as well, easier last night, the strength in the US dollar slightly returning. We had the uh, gold price $13.30, down 0.74%, 1776.40. So it seems that maybe the temporary blip in the gold price due to Pelosi's. Visit to Taiwan was just that it was a temporary blip, and normal service has been resumed in the gold price. The iron ore price, as well, easier 3.8% down, $4.36, 110.38. So that's not good news for BHP, that's not good news for the mining sector and other commodities. Last night, a little bit weaker in commodities, seems money is coming out of resource and commodity stocks and into the tech space. Uh, don't forget the US and Europe is still very much in holiday mode. Volumes are diminished and liquidity is thin. But um, certainly the bathtub full of water is sloshing through to that. So we are seeing uh, that uh, happen. We had uh, copper down 1.69%, nickel down 1%, aluminium down 1.4%, zinc down 1.2%, lead down 1.1% and we saw tin down point one seven of a percent nothing very exciting there iron ore being the big mover and gold down as well with the oil price we have bhp adr's up 0.4 of a percent rio adr's down 0.2 so implying a small change to the downside in both of those in mining stocks overseas freeport mcmurran was down 2.2 percent alcoa up 0.3 tech down one percent anglo down half Glencore down half. Vale taking a bit of a tumble in Brazil. Uh, that is the Brazilian iron ore producer. That was in U.S. markets down 4.3% in the U.S. Albemarle down 1.8% as well. So we may see a little bit of easing in those lithium stocks. Here you can see the S&P 500. Uh, it was pretty much one-way traffic from the off, although peeling off slightly. Towards the end, but it was all about the NASDAQ. It was all about results. We did have a good lead-in from those PayPal results that we saw the previous night. Of course, most U.S. numbers drop after hours. Uh, We also saw some good numbers from eBay as well. A big casualty last night was Lucid, uh, uh, EV car maker, which had a bit of a a nasty night. But looking through U.S. stocks, we had Apple up 3.8% Meta, the artist formerly known as Facebook was up 5.4%. Google up 2.6%. Microsoft up 2.8%. Amazon up 4%. Tesla up 2.3%. That's the sixth day in a row that Tesla has risen. They have a stock split coming up. Netflix up 2.4%. US banks better. That's obviously going to help our banking sector, which had a little bit of a stumble yesterday. We had JP Morgan up 1%. Citigroup up 1.7%. Bank of America up 1.8%. Wells Fargo up 24 And Block The artist formerly known as Square was up 11.4%, so that's obviously going to help SQ2 in our market today. Part of that rise was due to Bitcoin, and part of it was due to impending numbers. And there was also uh, one uh, trader in the US was taking out some big, big bets to the upside in Block. Twitter unchanged on the day. US stories and overseas stories last night. US services gauges Gage rises to a three-month high. Oil is sliding on rising demand concerns. And OPEC Plus has rejected the Biden's plea for a major oil boost. And one uh, analyst has suggested gold is near a cyclical trough, but the lacklustre performance of gold will likely return in 2023. Bank of England poised for a half percent rate rise. And the Bank of America, according to the Bank of America, that is, and PayPal Moderna are both doing very well with buybacks this week. A lot of buybacks in place. And you would think that that is a great way for the market to uh, show its optimism. And it certainly has companies very much uh, buying back cheap shares. At the moment, I think Nasdaq's around 15% off its lows. And the US and Iran to resume indirect talks on a nuclear deal. And the U.N. chief has criticized grotesque greed of oil companies. And U.S. data has hinted to an easing of supply chain and inflation pressures, no more so than that um, gasoline price, falling from 5 bucks to $4.19. What to expect today from our market? Well, OPEC set to raise its oil output goal by 100,000 barrels a day. Uh, we are 32 points better on the SPY. So that is a good start to the day. We may see a little bit of limpingness in the resource sector, if that's a thing. But uh, that sector will probably limp higher rather than anything else. Uh, Commodity stocks under a little bit of pressure and the iron ore price down. So that will affect uh, the BHP, Rio and Fortescue complex. But the banking sector should do relatively well, given US banks did okay. And uh, that is such a big part of our market. But I would imagine we'll see a good bounce today in some of those tech stocks. Again, uh, we may see Zip continue to move higher, especially on the back of the block being up 11.4%. And we did see last night some economic data out of the US. The US services sector unexpectedly strengthened to a three-month high in July on firmer business activity and orders. And certainly the pivot from the Fed is very much in focus, although there are many on the Fed board that are saying we are not pivoting, we are fighting inflation as hard as we ever did, but $5 to $4.19 is a big, big release valve for that inflationary pressure that we have seen in the US. As it is in Australia as well, we have seen petrol prices come down here from $2.20, $1.60 is the cheapest I've seen it recently. That does also help our inflation story, and we did see the RBA going a little bit Mr. Flippy Floppy, On the interest rate rise on Tuesday, although they're still obviously going to raise rates and the uh, terminal rate, uh, the sort of target rate will be seriously elevated from here. Um, It may be that the pace is a little less aggressive and they may be data dependent. And of course, unfortunately for us, CPI comes in on a quarterly basis, not on anything else. Uh, EBA, eBay numbers were also pretty good last night, so we are seeing that tech strength in the U.S., so it will feed through to our tech strength here. Uh, also, we had retail sales numbers out yesterday online doing quite well still here, so the likes of Temple and Webster, maybe even Kogan could do well today, uh, one to look at potentially as Tyro. Uh, That has been languishing. 10-year yields in the US, 2.71%. Australia, 3.07%. Germany, 0.87%. Those 10-year yields have come off an awful long way, and that does feed in to those valuations for long-term growth companies, especially in the tech sector. In Europe, better days all round there. Stocks50 was up 1.3%, FTSE up half. CACs up 1% and DAX up 1%. And Capital Economics, uh, these are the guys that are seeing a reason for hope for gold. Certainly there's gold, gold, gold for Australia at the Commonwealth Games, leading my old country England by a country mile. But the pool has finished, thankfully. And Capital Economics also sees the RBNZ halting rate rises. These are the first guys. These have been the most aggressive along with the Bank of England, which is widely expected to raise rates by half a percent. But the Reserve Bank of New Zealand has been one of the most aggressive, and in some ways their economy is not dissimilar to ours with the same sorts of pressures. But the, there are some analysts now suggesting that rate rises may be halted as that unemployment rate has risen. And the IFM deal, Info Media deal, is potentially in doubt. Battery Materials making the bid there for that one. I think $1.75 is the bid. And the uh, UMG, that's United Malt, which was the spinoff from GrainCorp, uh, talks down the need for a capital raising. Uh, many shareholders are a little upset with the latest downgrade from UMG. Of course, these guys have ridden the craft beer craze to highs and done very well out of that. But unfortunately, no longer the case. And uh, there was some interest from private equity, some had suggested or speculated, but uh, UMG very much hosing down the talk that they need to raise capital. Well, that's it. Question of the day. We're entering the landmine. We're entering the minefield of results season, bearing in mind, of course, that many have already confessed. Many have done presentations during conference season, so there shouldn't be too many surprises. The big thing, of course, will be the outlook statements. The numbers should be relatively well known uh, because of continuous disclosure requirements, but it will be the outlook statements, how they see things now rather than how they saw things last year. Of course, last year could be shaping up as a different, a very different environment to what is shaping up for this year. So how do you see the local results season playing out? A question of the day today. Obviously, there were challenges and supply chain and staff issues, etc., will be part of that narrative. Even our local cinema had a big sign on it today saying, no cinema until Sunday due to staff issues. And that's it from me. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Marcus Today Facebook discussion group. We'd love to have your thoughts, ideas and insights there. 3,800 members there now. Of course, there is other podcasts if you're listening to this on a podcast. There's the Marcus Strategy Podcast which is our fly-on-the-wall morning meeting podcast, now behind a paywall, I'm afraid, and it does take a little bit of fiddling to get access to that, which we are trying to find alternate ways for members only to be able to access that with ease. But uh, it is proving a little trickier than we had anticipated. There's the On The Desk podcast, where the team in Melbourne talk all things financial, and my On The Couch podcast. Uh, which talks to CEOs and fund managers. The last one we did was Marcus usurping me and talking to his his friend Peter Harold on Poseidon Nickel. So that is well worth a listen if you haven't listened to that. But that's it for me today. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great day and may the trading gods be with you.